praise God. Well, I committed the unpardonable sin this morning. According to Brother Johnny Harrell, it is the cardinal sin of preaching. And that is 30 minutes is long enough for a good sermon. And it's way too long for a bad one. And... Uh, I let my time get away from me this morning. I went home and thought about all the things I should have said. Just kind of like you feel like you dropped your watermelon and then you, you just kick it real hard and it just, seeds go everywhere. So something good's got to come out of it. There's seed planted. Praise God. The book of Habakkuk, the Old Testament, chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading with verse 1, and I am going to read down through uh, verse 3 for sure, and then we're going to jump down to verse 9 and verse 13. Habakkuk chapter 3 begins like this, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shiganoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. <clears throat> in the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. Skipping down to verse number 9, we pick up, and it says, Thy bow was made quite naked, or it was revealed. Your arm, your show of strength, according to the oaths of the tribes, even of thy word, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. And then down to verse number 13. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. <clears throat> Thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck or one translation said by uncovering the foundation unto the neck. And then again, he pauses for the word Selah. I want to speak to you for a little while tonight about the significance of the insignificant. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, help this croaky preacher preach tonight. <clears throat> Amen. Don't believe doctors when they tell you that surgery will correct all your problems. They just create a lot more problems. Amen. I had signed a surgery last year, and uh, I'm still having problems with it. I sound like I'm in a barrel right now, but you'll have to forgive that. God's going to help us tonight. Amen. The word Selah <clears throat> does not appear to be in 
the original text of Scripture. It's one of those mysterious words that found in the Word of God and perhaps one of the most important words that you will ever come across. It appears 73 times in the Hebrew Scripture. Psalms bears the majority of them, but three of them are found in the book of Habakkuk. It is one of the most interesting terms that you will find in the entirety of Scripture. Most often, it comes at the end of a verse, but there are three exceptions found in Scripture, two in Psalms and here in Habakkuk, where it actually came in the middle of a verse, which is to me significant. Selah is a term which no doubt had meaning in the musical nomenclature of Hebrew music. Uh, Its root word means to rest or pause, and it was, I guess you could say, it was the Original pause that refreshes. Amen. Some of you don't know what that means, but that's where Coca-Cola used to promote themselves, the pause that refreshes. They got that from Scripture because the original pause to refresh came from the Word of God. It implies several things. Most importantly, it implies a cessation of some part of the music. Something in the, in the chorus would be brought down and another part would be elevated. It is a fact that it was a musical term. And if in its meaning, it does literally mean to pause, then there is a powerful truth in that word for all of us tonight. Much like music, life needs its signature pause at times. Life cannot go on without having some kind of rest. It needs a calm. Life needs a pause, a moment when you stop doing what you've been doing and consider what has been said or what is going on. And we need them strategically placed in our life because if we do not have them, we will get out of tempo and certainly we will lack the harmony and the peace that we desire in our life. So it is a call for calm. It is a call to stop for a moment and, and wait for a, 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 a beat or two or three or perhaps even more than that. And so the word sila reminds us that to understand God and to understand life you need a soul that has some kind of spiritual perception so that when you are going through life that you're not always moving at breakneck speed but you have an ear that when the spirit says whoa 
that you have the ability to stop and take a moment and gather your senses and and gather together your thoughts and consider where you are and where you are going. I believe that the word is very suggestive. Though there are some Bible scholars who consider it superfluous, that it was simply added, that it was not part of the original text. But I believe that it was designed by God and it was given by God to give me some time so that I can pause or I can stop in my life and reflect on what has gone on before me and what has transpired in my life. And there in that moment of time, I can gather my senses together. I can bring my thoughts together. I can pull the reins of my life in and I can get a better feel for where I need to go and what I need to do. All of us need times like that. We need to be given time where we can just pull in the reins of life. Sometimes I feel like life for me, and I don't know about you, but I feel like it's, it's just a runaway mind train. And I'm trying to hold on. It, I feel like sometimes the, first, the, the way I felt the first time I got on a really big motorcycle. I had ridden dirt bikes as a kid, 125cc, and the biggest I'd ever been on was 175 horse. But what we had, I don't even think it was 100. I think it was a 75cc bike. It wouldn't go very fast. You could probably have outrun it if you were really in shape, but I had a friend who offered me the opportunity of riding on a 500 Kawasaki. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a 500cc or 500 horsepower Kawasaki, but that's an awful big motor for a little skinny kid. And I got on it, and you know, in on my bike, you had to really give it the gas to get moving, and so I know how to ride a bike. And, and the guy said, now, you're sure you know what you're doing? And I'm all 15 years old, know everything. Oh, yes, I know what I'm doing. I've ridden bikes before. And I pull down on that throttle. And the next thing I know, I'm on the back of it, falling off, trying to pull myself back up. And the more I pulled, the more the throttle went the faster I got, and finally I was thinking, God, if you don't stop this, I'm going to die here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that's how I feel sometimes in life. It's just like, and, and we're trying to pull ourselves back up, and we're, we, we feel embarrassed. I mean, you ever slipped and fall? You know how embarrassing you feel, like out of control, and life is just helter-skelter, and you don't know whether you're washing or hanging out to dry you don't know whether it's sick them or come here. You just don't know what to do because life is just so chaotic. Everybody needs some time where they can stop and gather their thoughts and look around and see where they are and get a good bearing on where they need to go. And that's what this word seems to indicate. It indicates a given time. 
that you, it, it was designed to give you time to pause. It was designed to give you the opportunity to stop in the movements and all the, the goings on and the juking and the jiving that goes on in the music. It gives you an opportunity to stop what you're doing and get your breath and gather in your thoughts and consider what you've been saying. Consider what you've been singing. Look around at where you've come from. Look at what God has done for you. Look at where God has delivered you from. And then with that perspective in mind, you can then turn and look ahead and say, you know what, life isn't so bad after all. I think I'm ready for another move. I'm ready for another verse. I'm ready to move forward again. Amen. And so God gives us some time to reflect. And in that time, we can prepare our mind for receiving what God's trying to say and for preparing us for what is ahead. And I think we could accurately say that Selah is a signal. It, it is a signal. It is a signpost that, that you need to pay attention to. And I learned a long time ago how important it is in life to pay attention to signals. If you don't believe that, just drive through Friendswood when Brother Anthony is working and see what he will say about you ignoring the signals of Friendswood. Amen. Not only that, I learned a few signals from my wife early on in marriage. And when that left eyebrow goes up so far, you better stop what you're doing. <laughs> you better you better. You better check it in for a moment and find out what it is that you have done wrong. Anybody know about those signals? Or have you just been going through life, lickety-split, helter-skelter, running over everything, knocking everything down, and wondering why you got problems in the home? Maybe you haven't been paying attention to the signals. Mm. My Lord, I didn't even know I was going to preach on that tonight. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost right now. How important it is to pay attention to signals. You can't go through life ignoring signals and not get in trouble. I remember reading a few years ago some young boys in the state of Florida that were out one night just wanting to have a good time and, and they were a little more mischievous than they probably should have been. And so they decided to turn the road signs at a four-way crossing so that the people coming from both ways could not see what their signal was. And in the meantime, they go on their way only to have cars come along later on and there was a major collision and several people died because somebody had fooled with the signal. They had moved the sign so that you could not see that it's time to stop Oh, my God, how important it is for you and I to be able to pay attention to the signals of life. And God designed life with some signals in it. 
God designed life so that every once in a while there's a red light that comes up or there's a caution light that flashes or there's a sign that says detour or there's a sign that says soft shoulder. There's signals in God's word that if I will pay attention to them, they will help steer me in the right direction. But lo and behold, if I am like some people, I just thumb my nose and just keep on driving. How dangerous it is to ignore signals. Missing signals can get you into a lot of trouble. It can bring on a lot of undue stress in your life. Amen. Some of you need to pick up on your wife's signals. It relieve a lot of stress in your family. Some of you wives need to pick up on your husband's signals. Amen. Hallelujah. I need to have a marriage class tonight, don't I? Some of you are getting all tight and tense. You're saying, Brother Hughes, don't go there. I'm already there. You've got to pay attention to signals. Missing signals can get you into trouble. But if you observe them, they bring about a harmony and peace in your life. And they help things to work together. They make things flow together when people pay attention to the signals. I hate it when the lights go out down here at 518 and, or 528 in Bay Area Boulevard by Kroger. And they're flashing. Everybody thinks they own the highway. And it's a take your life at your own risk opportunity. And I just try to find a way to get across and get away before somebody runs over me. But everybody needs a signal. It just proves to me over and over again how important it is that I pay attention to signals. And Selah is a signal. Selah is saying to you, there is something that I've already said. There's something that I've already done there's something that's already happened in your life that you need to stop and you need to consider and think about and reflect on and then you have to understand that there's something i'm about to do in your life but if you don't get ready for it i'm not going to be able to bless you the way i want to bless you amen so you've got to get ready and so selah is that signal it is that signal to prepare and to stop and to get, take the time to, to get your senses about you and to, uh, to get your mind in, in, the, in the place that it needs to be so that God can speak to you further revelation and God can do greater things in your life. And it, it implies, the word implies a modulation. Now, I am not a music person, but I do know that a modulation is a process of change that takes place in music. It is when there is a, a, a difference in the inflection. You don't just sing it one note. You don't just go through the whole song beating on one note on the keyboard or one note on the organ or singing one note in the melody key. But there is an inflection. There, there's a softness. There's a loudness. There's a, there's a cadence that, that comes with the music. There's a, there's a flow. There's an accent to it. There's a tone that is altered when something is modulated. There is an effect upon the overall feel of the music and it implies that when you see that word, there is to be a modulation 
There is to be a change. You don't just keep going at the same speed. You don't just keep beating on the same note. You don't just keep sounding the same alarm. But you stop and you get ready to shift gears and move in a different direction. That is what the word Selah implies. That there is a process that's going to take place where the inflection is going to be different and the cadence is going to shift and the accent is going to change and the tone is going to be altered. And all of that is important because God said what's happened to you is important, but what's even more important is what is about to happen to you. And if you're not in the right frame of mind, it will not matter what has happened to you if you cannot make an adjustment in your mind and your thinking and get ready for what is about to happen in your life. Anybody with me still? Amen. And so there is this word that comes up 74 times in Scripture. You find it popping up. And it's important that we pay attention to this insignificant little word. And so there are three things that I want to talk to you about. And I'm going to keep it less than 30 minutes tonight. I'm going to please Brother Harold. Maybe I'll get a $100 offering for it when it's over with. But anyway, number one, when there is that word that shows up, it indicates of at least a change in tempo. That means that, that, that if you're moving at this speed, there is a change in the tempo of your movement. That you don't just keep going at the same pace. That the pace of your life needs to be altered. That there's a movement in life that needs to be checked. That the speed of life and the rhythm of life needs to slow down or it needs to speed up or it needs to move in a different direction. So it indicates at least a change of tempo. We cannot survive in life if we continue on the same course at breakneck speed. There has to be an adjustment to the pace of life. And the reason that there are a lot of frustrated people in life is because they have never learned to adjust the pace of life. They have so many things on their plate and they brag about it. Oh, I love having a lot of things to do. But then they're mad all the time and they're like trying to get along with the wicked witch of the West. You don't know whether to speak to them or run from them. You don't know whether to shake his hand or turn and run down the other aisle. Why? Because they've got such a tempo going on. They've got so much stress in their life. They've got so much pressure on them that when you get around them, they're irritable. You don't like talking to them because they're always on to something. They're always beating the same drum. Boom, 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 boom. You know, sometimes in life, you just need a change of tempo. You need to change your pace. You need to slow down a little bit. You need to speed up. Some of you need to speed up. But you need a rhythm to life. Life's got to have a rhythm to it. It's got to have a movement to it. Some of us don't have rhythm. We need to find somebody that can teach us how to get a little rhythm in life. Because rhythm is important. Amen. Rhythm is needful to life. 
You have a rhythm in your breathing. You don't think about it, but it's there. You have a rhythm in your heartbeat. There's a rhythm to the flow of your blood in your body. There's a rhythm to the way your body cycles every so many days, and it replenishes the blood cell, and it renews your life, and you keep going. You could not sit here tonight if there wasn't some kind of rhythm in life, some kind of movement, and you have got to have a spiritual rhythm that is just as well modified and sometimes in life what we need to do is change our tempo everybody say change my tempo i need to change my pace i need to quit dragging my feet i need to quit sitting down and being in the mully grubs all the time i need to get up and dance a little bit Praise God. Why? Well, frustrate the devil. Energize your heart. Whatever you need to talk about. I don't know what you want to call it. But sometimes you just need to dance in the face of your enemy and let your enemy know I'm still here and I'm still serving God and I'm still going on. I'm still worshiping the Lord. I need to change the tempo of my life. I need to change the pace of my life. Some of you have got so much stuff on your plate right now that you don't even know where to begin to eat it. <laughs> and you're making everybody around you frustrated because they don't know where you're going to begin to eat it. <laughs> Amen. The pace of life. Everybody say the pace of life has to be. There's, there are things in Scripture. God said you, you've got to be conscious of the pace of life. You can't just always be going 90 miles an hour. Sometimes you've got to slow down. There are times you need to speed up. Amen. There are times you better speed up or you're going to get run over. But the pace of life has to be adjusted. But it doesn't stop there. Pace is one thing. But the word sila indicates not only a change in pace, but it could mean a change in tone. Tone. Now, some people are tone deaf, so they won't know what I'm talking about. But anybody know what tone is? Anybody know what pitch is? It's not the black stuff that you put on uh, the, the, the ark to keep it from going under. Pitch. It is being able to keep the key of life right there are times we need more than a change of pace we need a change of face mm. yes yeah we need a change of face we need a change of attitude we need a change in the tone of our life we need to change the whining and the crying and the sobbing and the tears we need to adjust our life and put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We need to come into his court with thanksgiving and enter into his gates with praise. We need to be thankful and bless his name. There are times in life that you need to put on a new face. You need an attitude adjustment what you need. Praise God. The attitude of life has to be adjusted sometimes. I know you've seen it, but I've seen it several times in the last few months or the last year or so in this area that the happy hour, they've changed it to attitude adjustment hour. 
If you come in and get enough booze under your belt, it'll change your attitude. Well, I don't need booze to change my attitude. All I need to do is get into the presence of God, and that'll help change my attitude. You see, the truth is that the smell of your life may not be due to somebody else being in your life. It may be due to what's under your nose. Amen. It may just simply be that what I need to do in life is step back for a moment and let God work an adjustment on my attitude. When you're always hard to get along with and you're always cantankerous and you are always critical, you need an adjustment. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to just go ahead and go next door and preach the rest of this. Everybody say, we need attitude adjustments. We need them. We need attitude adjustments. We need our spirit mellowed sometimes. And the only thing i found that can do that is to get into the presence of God and begin to worship and praise and take that pause and observe that selah. And it's amazing how when I stand in his presence, it's hard to hang on to bitterness. When I stand in his presence, it's hard to be unforgiving. When I stand in his presence, it's hard to be mean to other people. When I realize how good he's been to me, when I stop and look around and realize if it had not been for the Lord on my side, the enemy would have triumphed over me. So I need a change of tone. Amen. Put a new face on with a smiley on it. Praise God. I don't know what they call those things, emojis. Emojis. What is it? Emojis. You don't, oh, emojis. You see how much I know, those little round things they send you. I didn't know what that was. I thought somebody had a different phone than I had. Then I discovered what they are, and I forget to use them. But sometimes I want to send people messages with the biggest smiley face, just about a thousand of them. If you would change your face, we could have, a, we could have an improvement in this whole conversation. If you could change your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Change attitude. That's, that's what a pause can do for you. It can help do an attitude adjustment. It'll help you get your spirit right. Amen. It'll help. It'll put a smile back on your face. Praise God. You know what? It's going to take a whole lot of Holy Ghost for some of us because some of us, we've got such a... We, we, we've been chewing on that lemon so long. My Lord... Oh, God, deliver us from that tonight. Some of you thought you were going to get beat up tonight. I'm coming to try to help you feel better. You need to quit chewing on that lemon rind and get something better in your mouth so that you can get a smile on your face. Yes, it's joyful living for God. It's great being a child of God. I'm in the best place of my life tonight. I'm where God can bless me. I'm where God can improve my life. I'm where God can help me be better. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, say, God, change my attitude. Amen. Give me a sweeter spirit. Praise God. Don't give me a meaner spirit. Give me a sweeter spirit. Praise God. Sometimes I'm afraid God's going to give people what they pray for. God, give me a clean heart. 
Give me a right spirit. I need a pause that will produce that. Sometimes all I need is just a modification of the pace of my life. I just, I need to slow down. I need to speed up. I need to observe the signs. Sometimes I need a whole attitude adjustment. But that's not all the word means. It also means that there are times when you don't need just to change the tone. You need to change the key. Oh. You need to quit beating on that one drum. The reason some husbands lose their patience is because some wives get on one thing and they can't seem to get off of it. And the reason some wives just roll their eyes back sometime is because men can get hung up on the same thing. All they see is the same problem. All the, I mean, it don't matter how much you try. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter what you do to make house better or life better. When they come home, they find the one thing you didn't do. And they point out all of your errors. And they point out all of your shortcomings. Sometimes we need a change in the key of life. We need to sing a new song. (laughs) I wish I could preach what I feel right now. I wish I could say it without hurting. Sometimes we just need a new key in life. Because we've worn that old one out. Some people I don't even want to be around very long because I know where the conversation's going to go before too long. God have mercy. I'm tired of hearing that song. Sing me a new song. Sing me a new. Is there another verse to that song? At least another verse to it. (laughs) Better than that, find a new song. Achy, breaky heart or something. I don't know. But find a new song. Praise God. Amen. We need those times when God not only changes the pace or the tempo, but he helps us change keys. We quit singing in that, that mournful, whining, crying, sad tone. Everything's like a funeral dirge. Nobody knows the troubles I've had. And the second verse is nobody cares. (laughs) I'm I'm just being facetious. I'm trying to be funny tonight. Some of you looking awful serious right now like you don't know if you're coming back or not. Amen. You know I'm telling you the truth though. Sometimes, man, what did I eat this afternoon, honey? It was that Mississippi roast. That's what it was. Most importantly, I just need to learn to live life in a different key sometimes. Sometimes I have to learn to play life in a different key. And it's not always funny. That's, the fun, that's not fun sometimes, learning how to play life in a different key. But you can. 
you can learn how to play life in a different key. Sometimes you have to, you have to transpose the music of life. It's not, it's not always like you want it to be, but you can make it what you want it to be. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's so painful. Sometimes it's so hurtful. And, and the, the, the tone is so weary that you just need a moment in the presence of God. And in His presence, something happens. And the tone of life and the tempo of life and all of the movements of life get into agreement. And, and I have a moment to look back and see what all God has done for me. And that and, and I know I've preached all around this, but I hadn't said one thing about really what Habakkuk was doing, but that's what Habakkuk had to do. Habakkuk was in the same trouble a lot of us get into. They didn't un- he, he didn't understand God's work. He was confused about what God was doing. And he didn't understand why God was judging his people the way he was, and he was using a heathen nation, and he was confused. And in that confusion, he went to prayer. And while he was in prayer, God began to show him things and help him understand. So that when he gets to chapter 3, this becomes his song. This becomes his prayer. And he begins to pray and sing out of his spirit this transformation in his attitude. And if you read the entire third chapter of Habakkuk, you realize some very powerful things take place. First of all, one of the most powerful things that he said is that God came from Teman, Selah. Now, to you and I, that may not mean much because we don't know where Teman is, but Teman was in reference to the mountain where God gave the law. It, in truth, reflected God's divine purpose. So what Habakkuk said is that when he stopped long enough to look back and see what God had done and get his mind together and help and God help him get his attitude right and help get his tempo right, he looked around and he realized that God was coming to him from Teman. He was coming to him from his divine purpose. That God was coming from his purpose to my problem. What a wonderful thing to know. That God is coming from his purpose to my pain. He's coming from his purpose to my perplexity. He's coming from his place of anointing to my place of rejection. And he is on his way to somebody's heart tonight. Amen. And so as Habakkuk began to look around and he realized what God had done and the tone of life began to change. It wasn't so sad after all. It wasn't so miserable. He, he began to understand God's work and understand God's movement. But more than anything, he changed keys. He went from being a crying, mourning preacher to coming to a point in, in the third chapter where he concludes it with these wonderful words. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine, and the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. 
The Lord God is my strength. Uh, yes, he is, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. What an attitude change came over Habakkuk when he began to rejoice in the Lord. The fig tree may not blossom, and economic times may not get any better than they are right now, but I made up my mind. A, a, a little time in the presence of God has helped adjust my attitude and put me in a right pace so that I can tackle life and I can go at life, and life will not defeat me, but I will overcome it. Let's stand together. Amen, amen, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God came from Teman. He came from His place of purpose to their problems. God is not so busy with His plans that He cannot help me with my problems. What a wonderful thing to stop and consider that God is not so busy with His great world and his great creation that he cannot come into my pain or my perplexity. God comes and he comes to all of us tonight as a good God. And the thing that I love when I read the word of God is that I find out that God's glory always transcends my problem. Whatever my problem is, Amen. When I get into the presence of the Lord, it just overshadows it. When I get into the presence of the Lord, all my hurts, all my pains, all the confusion of my mind, all the helter-skelter, not knowing what to do, not knowing where I need to go next, not knowing what I need to say, not knowing how I need to plan my life. When I really get into His presence and I observe God's signals, stop, pause, Rest, modulate. Oh, that's a good word to work on this week. I need to modulate. I need to make some adjustments. I, I need to work on my tempo. I need to work on my attitude. I need to work on my face. I need to work on my spirit. Amen. You're not going to find the answer to that watching Oprah Winfrey. You're not going to find an answer to that listening to Dr. Phil or even Dr. Laura, as good as Dr. Laura Schlesinger is sometimes. Your answer is not going to be found there. It is not going to be found watching your favorite movie. It's not going to be found chilling out, just doing whatever you like to do. The only place you're really going to find the peace and the help and the healing and the ministry that you need is in the presence of the Lord. And that's why God put a pause there. That's why God said, hold on. Wait, don't, don't keep running. Don't keep going on. Don't keep hurrying through life. Pause for a moment. Stop here. Let's, let's stop for a moment. Think about it. Look at where I brought you from. Look at what I've already done in your life. Look at how many miracles I've already performed. Look at how many things I've already worked out. Look at how many prayers I've already answered for you. Look at how many times I've already bailed you out. And you're afraid that I'm going to leave you where you are now. I'm not going to leave you where you are. You just need to pause for a moment. You need to stop. You need to gather your senses about you. You need to gather your mind. Bring in your thoughts and let God begin to work on them. 
I need a change in tempo. I need a change in pace. I need a change in key. I, I, I need to start singing my song in a new key. I, I need to start being more thankful. I need to start being more appreciative. Maybe I just need to start being more observant. Maybe I need to start paying attention. You know what, some guys, some of you husbands would do yourself well if you'd go home and start paying attention. Myself included. And some of you wives would bring a whole lot of peace to your family if you would start being a little more observant. Amen. Signals. They're everywhere. God puts them in our life for a divine purpose. Seventy-four times he puts signals up. It's important that you know how to modulate your life. It's important that you know how to come into the presence of God and just linger. Some things that I fear about church today is that we're in such a hurry that we don't have lengthy altar services anymore. I was praying in here yesterday, and I thought, God, it's been a long time since we just lingered and lingered and lingered and lingered in the presence of the Lord. I know time is pressing. We've got to get home. We've got to get this. We've got to get that. But I grew up, I grew up in a time when lingering around an altar is what saved my soul. It's the only thing that saved me. Because my life as a young person could get so messed up sometimes that I didn't even know if I was worthy to serve God. And I had made so many mistakes and the only thing that saved me is that I just found a place on the altar and I just laid over it and I would stay there 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour an hour and a half, two hours. People leave, just stay there, praying, crying out to God. And in those times, God was able to bring those things in my life that were out of sync and out of, out of alignment with Him. He was able to bring them back in. He was, he was able to take my mess that I'd made that day and the mistakes, and He, he worked them around to where... Looking at me today, you wouldn't think I ever made any, but I made plenty, and I still do. The only salvation that I have is just getting into the presence of God. Amen. God, work on my spirit tonight. Work on my heart, my mind, my attitude. Help me to put a new face on. Hallelujah. I need a new, I, I need a new outlook on life. I, I need a new outlook on my family. I need a new outlook on my marriage. I need a new outlook on my friends. Amen. I, I need a new attitude toward life. I, I, I need a new attitude toward people. Sometimes I get so angry at people. I get so mad. I just want to snap their head off. Just kill them until God they die. Am I the only one that ever thinks like that? Some of you are acting so holy right now. But that's not how life works. That's not good. I, I'm not going to get any brownie points in heaven for doing that and being that way. As a matter of fact, that may keep me from going to heaven. God, help me. My attitude toward people. I just need to get in your presence, Lord. I, I, I just need to get where... Your spirit can talk to me, where you can communicate to me, where you can speak into my life. 
you can help fix the pace of my life. Oh God, help me right now. Close your eyes and let's just talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. In your presence.